What you're about to listen to was originally broadcast on 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia. For details, go to the website 98five.com. 98.5, this is Weekdays with Mike. Now, as mentioned earlier, the City of Fremantle Youth Network, they recently called for expressions of interest from drag queens and kings to participate as paid performers in an all-ages drag show, which is coming up in September. And joining me on the line to have a chat about this this morning is regular guest Simon Creek from HHG Legal Group. Good afternoon, Simon. Good afternoon, Mike. Now, I've had a couple of calls already, lots of messages coming through. People are expressing their views from a whole range of different uh, different sides. Uh, one, I had spoke to uh, Dave earlier, who was actually uh, a drag queen. He called in, and uh, his view was, for someone that's working in that industry, I guess if you can call it that, he didn't think that this was appropriate for uh, for young kids. So it was interesting even listening to his view, on, and he's actually someone that's actually been a participant, but he's actually a drag queen. I think that's great. I mean, my overriding concern with a discussion like this is that we don't um, inadvertently uh, create conflict between, say, those that hold a Christian viewpoint on these things and those that are members of the LGBTQI community. Um, It's not about that. It's about the children. And I have a lot of respect for Dave's view because he's put aside his own personal views on religion, on sexuality, etc., and he's putting the children first, and that's the focus I think we should all be taking. Well, just on that, Simon, so I guess what is the legal framework which determines what children should or should not be exposed to, whether it be at home or school or in public, as in this case, or even, for that matter, online? Look, WA's criminal code, especially Chapter 25, um, focuses on child exploitation material. And whilst, you know, it's not child exploitation that we're talking about here, that legislation plus so many other um, ancillary uh, acts, rules, um, I guess you could call them conduct rules of society over time, the entire body of law um, from the Family Law Act through to the Criminal Code does talk about child protection. And there is a heavy emphasis on not exposing children to something that could in turn either be exploitative uh, or damage them. And, you know, it's why we have uh, R18 classifications on films and and what have you. It's why we've always been careful as a society to put ages on the maturity of a child as to when they can and can't do certain things, etc. And I think this is a the concept of, you know, making it all look innocent and exposing, you know, children of any ages, let's just hold that description in mind, Mm. any ages, exposing them to um, adult issues, adult conversation pieces about sexuality and preference. Um, At at an age where they're too young, the whole of the body of, of, of our legal system recognises that you have to be a certain age to be mature enough to understand and make decisions about certain things. So bypassing that by holding these things in a, in a seemingly innocent, nice-looking uh, environment like a, um, a library is a backdoor approach, in my personal view, to getting around the law and to effectively um, making an impression on children at an age they're not mature enough to comprehend. Mm. So 
Yeah, it's the, the law, I think, is generally speaking on the side of those that are opposed to this, but we don't have any specific um, references within uh, legislation to drag queen presentations at libraries. Mm. So it's an interesting one. There okay. is some grey there, and that grey is, in my view, being exploited. Mm. Simon, I'll put you back on hold. We'll come back and uh, chat some more. 98.5 Weekdays with Mike. Simon Creek from HHG Legal Group is on the line. Uh, Simon, we often talk about this, uh, we talk about sexualisation of children. How do you actually even define what sexualisation is? I think there's two good reference points for everybody listening um, to go and have a look at if they want. But the, the first is um, the 2013 report, Australian report on the sexualisation of children. Um, this was produced by the Commissioner for Children and Young People. And um, it references, I think, some very useful American um, psychological papers and ties in, if you like, to a review that the American Psychological Association um, carried out not that long ago. And they developed in there a working definition for the sexualisation of children. And they found that this occurs where one, not all, just one of four conditions is present. And we can, I guess, summarise them like this. Um, number one, if a person's value is only coming from his or her sexual appeal or behaviour. Uh, two, a person is held to a standard that equates you know, physical attractiveness with being sexy, if, if we use that word. Mm. Um, three, a person is sexually objectified, made into a thing for others' sexual use. And four, and I think this is the one that's the most worrying when we talk about young children, um, where sexuality is in, inappropriately imposed upon a person. And as I said before, not all four of those need to be present for there to be uh, sexualisation in the eyes of the law or psychology. And it's this fourth one um, that is, I suppose, the one ringing alarm bells for me when we talk about you know little children from kindergarten or primary school being exposed to... Uh, drag queens or any, I suppose you could say, overt um, sexual position. And uh, and when I say position, I mean um, the, the actual belief or the non-perhaps uh, Christian approach to sexuality. And it goes back to this issue of how old do you have to be to be able to understand what's coming at you, what you're listening to, what you're seeing, and be able to make a, a sensible and adult decision as to whether or not um, that is something you uh, believe or want to copy or not. And obviously, I don't need to spell it out, but the concern is that the younger they are, the less capable their filters are, their maturity's not there, and just how confusing could this be for, for any child um, at a young age? Simon, I'm getting lots of messages coming through. I'm having trouble keeping up with them, all of them. What would you say then to someone that's, well, I won't mention this person's name. I'll, I'll protect it for, to be, keep it confidential. But this person, um, this lady says, if you don't agree with the show, don't go. Don't take your children. Don't take your grandkids. Uh, it is not harming anyone. Alcohol is a sin also. Uh, how do you respond? What are your thoughts on that? I certainly understand the sentiment. But I think it's a, and I say this very respectfully, it's mm. not a viewpoint that puts the child first or the interests of all children within our community first. 
I'd even go so far as to say it's an inadvertently selfish outlook because it's all about, you know, you, me, us, uh, whether or not we take our children. Um, it's not a view that encompasses the need for society to protect all children. And the reality is, whether we like it or not, that not all children have parents who are going to make the right decisions as to what their children should be exposed mm, to. Yeah. And what we're talking about here is, you know, public government facilities, for, mm. for example, and they're paid for by the taxpayer, you and me, and we're entitled to have a view on how those facilities are used in the interests of the whole of the community. And here we're talking about all children in our community. And I think it's a effectively a public policy stance that we need to work out. Do we believe exposing little children um, to overt sexual ideology uh, is appropriate for kids per se? It's not about my kids or your kids. Mm. Um, it's about children in Australia. And so we need to take, I think, the emphasis off our own political or religious beliefs. And we need to think about what's in the best interests of all children countrywide. Yeah. Simon, we'll take a break. 98.5, this is weekdays with Mike. Simon Creek's with me on the line. Uh, Simon, uh, what are child psychologists and others saying about this whole issue? I think this is a a critical um, question to ask in this conversation because it's one thing to look at it from the legal perspective, but let's face it, the law is there to restrict things happening once others have determined they're they're wrong. Um, The child psychologists also stand apart from the religious and general political issues surrounding this conversation. And they are those experts in our community uh, deemed to have the capacity and the training and the experience to determine, you know, what is best for the psychological growth and progress of all of us as we manoeuvre our way through life. And when you do look at what they say collectively here, um, their concern levels couldn't be much higher about the sexualisation of children. Um, you know, for example, the uh, Collective Shout uh, Australian charity that monitors uh, exploitative content globally said that ultimately um, we, are, we are defining sexualisation of children ourselves as the imposition of adult models of sexuality on children and adolescents saying categorically that uh, exposing children to adult models of sexuality creates psychological harm full stop. Um, they, they have seen, uh, and, and I can see here that the body of psychology uh, around the world has seen the implied or explicit link of self-worth uh, with popularity in terms of sexual attractiveness. And that has an enormously negative impact on self-esteem, as other uh, child psychologists are saying it's a major cause of um, anorexia uh, in adolescent girls in Australia. So however I've looked at it and however I've tried to uh, find research from the uh, profession of psychologists and psychiatrists, I have not been able to find anything remotely um, majority viewpoint or persuasive that suggests there is no harm to little children of exposing them to adult models of sexuality too young. It is absolutely the other way. The view is strong. Do not expose our children to adult sexuality. Mm. Simon, what about legally, Can thinking about these adult drag queens, what does oh, I hope they the where are the checks and balances with the children's checks and police clearances and things like that? Like would they have to go through all of those checks 
before they, they would be able to perform? Absolutely. And um, if they haven't, they're in breach of the law. Okay. It's the same with all of us, you know, from school teachers yep. through to Sunday school teachers, youth group leaders, you name it. Um, you have to have uh, got your child safety clearance and um, had your background vetted in that regard. Mm. And so, you know, anybody worried about that should simply ask for proof that that's been done. Yep. Um, but the law per se, you know, and whether or not it needs reforming and needs to keep up here, look, the emphatic answer is yes, because as always, unfortunately, the law struggles to keep abreast of societal change. And whilst, as I noted earlier, the broader body of law, um, established law, makes it very clear children shouldn't be exposed uh, to um, adult sexualisation. There are so many grey areas emerging and the use of public libraries, libraries for seemingly harmless story times by drag queens is, um, is a grey area that's seemingly being exploited because if you simply Google um, drag queen story time, you'll see that this has been popping up around Australia for the last five years. And obviously we're seeing out of Fremantle um, the efforts to make this a norm in child entertainment are continuing. And I think that's very concerning. I would simply say, um, you know, to everybody involved in pushing this, please don't look at it as a religious or political issue. Step back and think about all children, any children, and what's in their best interest. And when, you know, everybody from psychologists to lawyers, etc., sees uh, that they're old enough to make proper decisions and when they're not that's the focus the child all children simon uh, we'll take a break we'll come back and wrap things up we could keep talking for this for some time i'm having trouble keeping up with the messages coming through simon uh, so much to talk about uh we we not going to get through it all today it's it's really an ongoing conversation with so much to unpack uh, we are nearly out of time how do you want to how do you want to wrap it up today I think uh, the best way to wrap this up is to focus on the term, um, you know, conflict resolution, believe it or not. Mm. And I would just encourage everybody listening to steer away from turning this into a heated and not always kind um, debate between those for and against. We've all got strong views on this. I doubt it's an issue people are ambivalent about. And, you know, I would just say that the minute we turn this into a, you know, uh, religious or Christian versus LGBTQI community uh, argument, we're not really serving the children, and they're the focus here. Mm. We've heard and we've talked about earlier in this segment um, the views of child psychologists around the world. They are firmly against um, exposing little children to adult sexualisation too early. Um, we've also heard that the legal framework needs to catch up here, that Overridingly, um, big legislation from the Criminal Code through the Family Law Act looks very carefully at what's good for a child and does seek to put them first. Mm. But that there, there are these grey areas where things like this can sneak in the back door. Look, I would just say that whatever approach you take, try and make it reasoned, uh, founded in research and child-focused. Mm. Um, Christians have this enormous responsibility and it's not negotiable to put a point of view on topics like this with love and compassion and care. Um, and I would suggest that all charity groups and 
uh, government leaders would be well served in taking a similar approach. Um, I, I note here a growing movement in the US for an example, you know, we've all heard the term OK Boomer mm. um, being thrown at us by our cheeky teenagers from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Well, in America, uh, a whole pile of conservative groups debating issues like this one have coined the phrase OK Groomer, and they're throwing it at anybody who is pro um, what we would call sexualization of children. And I don't think that's helpful. I mean, I can, I can see the humour, uh, mm. but to label anybody with a different view on this to that of perhaps you or I, Mike, mm. as a groomer of child exploitation is unfair. It's not helpful. It only leads to conflict and, and heated debate that doesn't really look after the child. And so I would just, yeah, I think ending a discussion like this with a plea to all um, involvees in a debate about this to be kind, to be reasoned, to be calm, to listen, uh, to listen to all sides that's going to get all of us a lot further than firing it up as uh, something that just creates hard lines that people are too proud to move away from. Yeah, look, that's a great way to finish our discussion today, Simon. Simon, really appreciate your time. We uh, we are nearly out of time, but as I, uh, I, you're aware, I'm actually finishing up here on Friday. It's my last day on Friday, and I just want to say a big, big thank you to you for your uh, you're coming on every week and uh, sharing uh, your thoughts and wisdom across such a variety of, of topics, both legal and also a lot of social stuff in our community. So it's always fun having a chat with you, very informative, and I love your, your balanced approach when you're uh, articulating any subjects. So I just want to say a big thank you. It's been such a great, uh, a great time over almost probably uh, nearly five to six years. It is, it is. And look, I, I feel just the same, Mike. It's been an absolute pleasure to have these discussions with you on air each week and... Um, Looking forward to doing more of the same um, with whoever mm. tries very hard to replace you. I mean, they're big boots to fill, Mark. Oh, that, um, no, that's easy. But very, very big boots. I've been reading the, the comments on Facebook, mate, about uh, your announcement <laughs> that you're leaving, and we're all devastated. We really are. So, uh, look, all the very best to you for whatever plans you've got coming up. I know you're going to be doing some great work wherever it is and look forward to keeping in touch. Good on you, Simon. Appreciate your thoughts, and it's been great chatting. I'm sure we will cross paths somewhere down the future. Absolutely. Good on you, Mark. Good on you, Simon. My guest every Wednesday, regular guest, is Simon Creek from HHG Legal Group. You are on 98.5. Good afternoon. For more details on this and other programs, contact 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia, or visit the website 98five.com.